I'm a panelist on a few online events each month. The links for MeWe Online Fairs and Winnie's Angels are going to be in the description box. At these events, people frequently ask about relationships, what we see for them, and when they can expect to be in one. You know, stuff like, when will I meet my soulmate? Or, I know that person is my twin flame. All sorts of questions about the relationships in this life. It's understandable, since relationships of all kinds are an integral part of the physical experience. I hear those phrases so frequently, but then I realize I don't know exactly what those mean. And welcome to this week's rabbit hole on Blue Lightning Healing Meditations. My name is Susie Parker Goins. I'm a channel, healer, guide. You can find me at bluelightninghealing.com or you can contact me at Susie, that's S-U-S-Y, at bluelightninghealing.com. Whether you want to schedule an appointment, ask a question, or connect. I upload weekly about metaphysical topics that intrigue me, and meditations are a part of the package. So please like, comment, subscribe, favorite, hit the donate button, support me however you can. Share the podcast, share the love. Thanks. The phrases soulmates and twin flames are bandied about regularly, and I realized I don't really know what they mean. You're welcome to come along with me and learn, and then Monday we'll do a meditation about it. Now, right now I haven't a clue what that focus will be, but I'm sure we'll have a better idea in place by the end. I was amazed at the amount of content out there about relationships. I, I don't know why I would be surprised. I know the magazines I read had at least one article about what to do to be more attractive, how to please your partner, and all that stuff. I get it. As I stated in the introduction, relationships are an integral part of the human experience. We sign on to experience life as a physical being each time we incarnate on Earth, and relationships play a big role. From family to friends, life partners, even strangers or those people you don't connect with, it's all a part of the relationship paradigm. And for the sake of this episode, I am not referring to abusive relationships in which one is forced to stay or has a really hard time leaving. What we're focused on here is what I would call a regular relationship. Okay, so soulmates, twin flames, <laughs> what are they? The concept of twin flames and soulmates can be found in ancient Greek literature. Of course, the philosopher Plato didn't believe in soulmates. He recounts a story by Aristophanes, the playwright, in which humans have four arms and four legs, one head. And Zeus comes along and slices them all in half, making two halves of a whole. It's a punishment for human pride. Zeus believes humans would then wander about in search of their other half and spend their lives in despair and loneliness until they find their other half and live and love and dance into the sunset. Yeah, we'll talk about my attitudes about Zeus later. Next up, Aristotle. He wrote that love is composed of one body inhabiting two bodies. Then there's the poet Samuel Taylor Coleridge. In a letter dated 1822, he wrote... To be happy in a married life, you must have a soulmate. He didn't really define it. He just said it. And then in the 80s, Elizabeth Clare Prophet spent a lot of time talking about what she referred to as twin flames. But based on what I'm reading and am learning about it, it seems she was talking more about soulmates and sacred relationships than twin flames. And then even sacred texts bring up the topic or concept of a sacred relationship 
creation myths abound with references to a whole being rent asunder into heaven and earth. See, there's that two halves of a whole. That means the Christian Bible. The universe is split by God, Adam and Eve, all that. In Chinese lore, the yin-yang symbol is representative of a whole being cut into halves. Sumerian mythology brings in the god and goddess split. Shiva and Parvati in Hindu lore. Uh, Jewish tradition speaks of two halves being reunited in marriage. The Quran, the Gospels of Matthew and Thomas, they reference two halves being reunited into a whole. They usually use a masculine-feminine paradigm. And even in the 20th century, our sleeping prophet Edgar Cayce refers to the soul as being androgynous. And then when a soul incarnates, it splits into two parts, masculine and feminine. And then they seek each other out. So on to definitions. The short answer is first, a soulmate is part of your soul family. Twin flames are mirrors or your other half. Let's get into details. Aaron Doty on YouTube has a lovely diagram in which he lays it out as levels or layers of energy. Soul energy, oversoul, higher selves, incarnations. At the top level, we all come from source, divine, God, love, call it what you will. And then there's the oversoul, which is a, an underlayer of source. The higher selves are aspects of the oversoul, and then incarnations are attached to or share a higher self. Doty goes on to explain that soulmates come from different higher selves, while twin flames come from the same higher self. Alternatively, you can see soulmates as being part of your soul family, that group of souls who hang out together through numerous lifetimes, to work through a variety of lessons as a team, you could say. You may know a soulmate as a physical family member, a friend, or a partner. A twin flame, on the other hand, is a part of the same higher self, a clone, a mirror. The energy signature is exactly the same. You know, the Zeus splitting souls in half action. A soulmate being a part of a greater unit of soul family means you can have more than one soulmate in a lifetime. However, a twin flame, being half of an aspect of a soul, means that there is only one twin flame for you in any given lifetime. Okay so far? Cool. A lot of the general characteristics are similar. It's the deep dive where the differences come to light. I have found that members of a soul family return in some form or another to continue work on a soul purpose. Past life readings can help you identify not only the lesson, but who in that life is part of your soul family. I once encountered a cluster of people who, upon looking energetically at them, I found that they had been exploring the relationship lesson for at least one other lifetime that I could see, probably more. In each, the identity expressions and roles changed as needed. One was an outsider in one lifetime. The others were partnered. One could play the field. It was an interesting and informative reading. In my experience, I know that the light being, who is currently known as my husband, has shared many lifetimes with me. We have been brothers, friends, same-sex partners, parent and child, and more. And I've shared other lifetimes with my current family also. I saw a French Revolution lifetime in which my husband was my husband then, 
My oldest sister was an aristocrat and my dad was a working class peasant, same as I was. Okay, so what about those outside of your blood relations? The people with whom you have an immediate connection, someone who understands you right off the bat, you have a feeling of shared experience, those would be soulmates. <laughs> and even strangers. I mean, why not? Maybe you two agreed to pass on a direct relationship in this lifetime. You'll have other opportunities later. Then, a twin flame can be anyone also. Whether they're a blood-related or not, they share your energy. They are a clone, if you will, a mirror. They have your energy signature. What about attraction? Both soulmates and twin flames experience a strong attraction. It doesn't mean that either have to be physically consummated, though, but sometimes it's easier said than done. And, and truly, free will is always at play. You can say yes or no. It's a strong sense of knowing that pulls you together. And depending on the life lesson you two have agreed upon, it could be a great relationship or not. So while there can be a physical attraction, twin flames may experience a more intense attraction. Again, you still have free will as to whether or not you decide to become more intimate. But a twin flame's attraction is far stronger than a soulmate's. Soulmates can be life partners. Twin flames can too. Either way, to expect a soulmate or twin flame relationship to be easy is to underestimate the impact that soul lessons have. It's also denying the fact that even non-karmic relationships require effort to maintain. You know, not only love and that first-time spark. Relationships require attention, healthy communication, and being in the moment. Both kinds of relationships face challenges. Hell, any relationship has its challenges. It's naive to think that it's all sunshine and roses when you have a soulmate or twin flame engaging in life together. Honestly, if partners agree all the time, someone is hiding their light. Now, I'm not saying it should be a constant fight either. Two people cannot be expected to be completely simpatico or in utter alignment all the time. And that's where healthy and open communication comes in handy. <laughs> yeah, we're getting close to relationship advice here, and I'll hold that on till, well, till later. Both types of relationships ask you to be better, to grow. I see a lot more support as a soulmate because you're not so caught up in the massive intensity of twin flame energy, you know, being rejoined to your other health again, to your other half again thing. Twin flames have relationships in which the ego can be destroyed, utterly wiped out, bringing up deep-seated issues that can tear you apart. But with attention and compassion, it can rebuild you into a tremendously healed and better person. Twin flames also mirror your strengths, your weaknesses, your triggers, your coping behaviors, and that can bring about healing or a toxic environment. Now, if the twins are committed, really committed to doing this deep work and can come out of the realm of toxicity, excellent. You can say hello to the next power couple, but you gotta pay attention. Soulmate relationships are focused on personal spiritual growth, and twin flames have a broader goal in raising the vibration of the environment of the planet. 
In both cases, the pain of growth can make or break the relationship. Challenges in life are for growth. My cancer experience, yeah, I'm bringing that up again. My cancer experience was, to say the least, a bugger. But we, as a family, were open, did our best to communicate, gave each other space to process, and I think we're stronger as a result. Soulmates don't share energy. They may have a similar frequency or vibration, but they are not exactly the same. Twin flames have a polarity. I read a lot about the divine masculine and feminine in twin flames, and I got hung up in the three-dimensional thinking. What about same-sex relationships, I asked. And then I took a step back and took a moment to examine it from an energetic standpoint. Walk with me here. I believe the divine, universe, or love is unlimited, vast, not to be put into a teeny tiny box. God, if you will, is all-knowing, all-seeing, and all-loving. Why would Source put a limit on an existence's expression? Twin flames can take on any physical form depending on the soul agreement. Whether they choose to be a masculine-masculine, a feminine-feminine, a masculine-feminine, or a feminine-masculine, it doesn't matter what the physical packaging is. It's the energy that's the point. We are beings of light, a part of Source, and our infinite existence can embody any and all variations. Honestly, it took me longer than I would have liked to understand that point. <laughs> Anyone can be a soulmate or a twin flame, but there cannot be both in a single body. It just doesn't work that way. So how do you know if someone is a soulmate or a twin flame? Well, both have a strong attraction, a sense of knowing someone right off, a complete acceptance of who they are and of who you are, a commitment to growth. Both kinds feel like destiny. Soulmates can be similar, but can be different, but the connection is there. Twin flames are similar, like the halves joining of a whole. Twin flames can share dreams, thoughts, interests. They are your twin, you know. And I think that's it for the energy portion of the talk. I do want to list off some, some examples, some real life examples of soulmates. I mean, we're looking at relationships that seem divinely timed to have an impact. So first off, look at John Lennon and Yoko Ono, or well, Ringo and Paul too, of the, of the Beatles. What about Alice B. Toklas and Gertrude Stein? They met the day Alice arrived in Paris moved in together immediately and were together until death. It doesn't seem to be a drama-filled relationship, but their home was a center for the intelligentsia to gather and, and expand and, and, and talk. They seemed like best friends from the start. What about Neil Patrick Harris and David Burtke? They fit together so well. There's Johnny Cash and June Carter. That was a divinely timed meeting. It took a while for them to get together as both were married to other people. He persisted. She stayed calm during his rough years. It all balanced out. And then Martin Luther King and Coretta Scott King. They joined together for the benefit of people of color everywhere. They got through a lot. Even FBI smear campaigns. What about real-life twin flames? 
How about Sid Vicious and Nancy Spungen, or Sid and Nancy as the movie goes? They were a 1970s punk rock couple. I think they were twin flames because they used heroin addiction to cope. It was such a bombastic relationship. There's also Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton. That was a very volatile relationship, but they couldn't stay away from each other. As far as a spiritual upgrade, these two relationships would be example of the partners not really recovering from the ego destruction. Then there's Antony and Cleopatra, the political intrigue and history-making. On the surface, it was an unusual coupling, but their historic impact was far-reaching. And then there's Percy Bysshe Shelley and Mary Wollstonecraft Shelley. He was a poet. She was a writer. There was a major age difference. And while she's best known for Frankenstein, a book written on a bet, she also wrote treatises on about women's voting rights. What about Yeshua or Jesus and Mary Magdalene? I mean, think about it. They are the ultimate power couple. He's divine masculine. She's divine feminine. The relationship was hidden by others because nobody wanted to say that they were intimate. He had an ugly death. She had to hide in a convent. And yet there is the historical and spiritual growth from which we have all benefited. Fictional soulmates would be like Elizabeth Bennet and Mr. Darcy. There was a strong attraction. And once ego on the part of both got out of the way, they became a solid couple. There was growth for both of them. Arthur and Guinevere, they were destined to be together. On the other side of it, Guinevere and Lancelot, they were also destined to be together. That's an example of having more than one soulmate in a single lifetime. Fictional twin flames would be like Romeo and Juliet. Oh, such drama in that relationship. And then the movie Harold and Maude, there was this incredible age difference. It was platonic and yet life-changing. They're, they are an example of how twin flames can be positive. All right. So what are ways you can draw your soulmate or twin flame to yourself? As I researched, I found that a lot of the information I give in readings is the same as what I found here. So first off, be in love with yourself. Sacred relationships can lead you to heal from past patterns. True. But to expect another to fix you or to complete you or for you to fix somebody else, it all denies the opportunities that you have to heal yourself, to love yourself. So, love yourself. That shifts your energy to a higher vibration and will draw another of a higher or similar vibration to you. Kind of related to that thought is that understanding you are already complete. You are already whole. That reduces that externalizing the love relationship. And I can't say it enough. Love yourself. Be happy with yourself. Continue to work on yourself. Because loading an expectation on another to complete you turns into what feels to me like a codependent relationship. And that's not a good thing. Next, a way to love yourself is to do what ignites your passion. Do what you love. When you're focused on doing something you love, it not only takes you out of that are we there yet or the constant are you the one energy, it raises your vibration. When you focus on what you love to do, love will follow. Look at the soulmate couples listed. They found each other while they were living their passion. 
whether it was politics, literature, music, etc. But also, be present to notice the mate. Stay in a time stream and yet still focus on your passion. It's not a delicate balance. With your focus on your passion, you will draw a proper mate for you. But be open to the possibilities. Look, love is not always easy. A love relationship is healing. And healing is not always easy. It can be uncomfortable, even painful. Say you're in a relationship with someone who allows you who allows you the space to bring up past patterns, past painful patterns. Then they have the grace to let you heal those outdated patterns. It can take work, but that's not a bad thing. Sure, people want a relationship that seems so easy, but what you see is a superficial snapshot of any relationship. You don't see the whole journey. Have you heard of the metaphor about the duck placidly cruising across a lake? It seems so calm and at ease on the surface. What you don't see is that it is paddling like crazy beneath the surface. Relationships can have those moments. Sure, you meet, you connect, you fall in love. Then the work begins. Some people give up at the least bit of difficulties. Others tough it out. You have a choice in your relationships. Choose love when it best serves you and your partner. And that's going to be often, more often than not. As Aaron Doty said, we don't attract what we want. We attract who we are. Until next time, blessings.